Hello and welcome to This Woman's Work, a space where you can hear and read about some amazing women, the fantastic jobs they do and the paths that have led them to where they are today. I'm here today with Lisa. Hi Lisa. Hello. Could you tell the lovely listener what it is you do for a living? Um, well now I am an operations support manager. Okay. Um, Originally, I was an executive chef, pastry chef, for okay. a long time. For a long time. Okay. Yeah. Right, well, we've got a lot to go into <laughs> with that. Before we do, I always like to track back and we go, little Lisa, mm-hmm. sort of when you were younger, school, college, what were you like? Were you into? What were you into? Uh, school, I was um, probably a bit of a swat. Um I loved history, I enjoyed English, um, quite enjoyed art, Okay. Um, hated sewing, it took me three years to make a night dress, <laughs> which is actually still in existence. Is it? It got passed wow. down to my nieces yeah. and it's Ellie. somewhere in Scotland at the moment, so I'm quite proud of that yeah, even though it took me three time. years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was quite quiet, quite shy. Um, at school. College, I went to, um, well, at that time it was called Birmingham City of Food um, College, and I think that's when I sort of come out of my shell a lot. So what made you want to go and do that then? Did you know by this point, so when when you were at home, were you cooking, baking, what were you... No, strangely not. Up until I was 15, I was going to be an architect. Oh, okay. Um, So my dad's cousin was an architect, Stanley, and I spent a lot of time with him. And that's what I wanted to do. And one morning, I don't know where it came from, I woke up and I was like, I think I'm going to become a chef. <gasps> and I think I just horrified my entire family. They're like, you're throwing your education away. Oh. Um, I mean, this was the 80s. Um, that time, chefs were people that didn't really have much education. Well, and they didn't have the profile that they've yeah, got now. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, and being a woman as well was just <gasps> like... <laughs> No. So, yeah. Um, My dad, well, he's retired now, obviously, but he was a butcher. um, And my brother and I both worked for him when we were growing up. So in and around food? In and around food. He was very passionate about his meat, very passionate about cheese. Um, uh, But he always said to us, you can either do a job like this or we'll support you to go to university and you can get a real job, quote-unquote. Yes. What did your brother go on to do then? Uh, HR director. Oh, wow, okay. He's older than me, so he went the sensible route and I became a chef. Wow, okay. So went to, what was it, Birmingham? Birmingham College of Food. Okay. uh, So in Birmingham City Centre. Um, So it's one of the top three colleges in the UK. Wow. Um, has about five or six restaurants that you can go and eat in, a uh, bakery department. It's an amazing college. Yeah. Um, so I did a two-year course there, which was the old city and guilds. Um, they asked me to stay on and do a management course, but I just wanted to go out and work. Right. So were you working alongside this? No, so I went to college full-time. I did do uh, part-time jobs outside college. Yeah, but I didn't know if you were maybe doing some chefing or something. No, no. 
Okay, so then two years later... Two years later, I graduated. Um, My pastry chef or my pastry lecturer at the time, he was like, you know, you've got a real touch for pastry. And I was like, no, I don't want to be a pastry chef. Uh, I said... I want to work in the main kitchen. Um, oh. And at that time, I wanted to be one of the glory boys, which is like a sorcier, someone on the hot lines. Okay. And, uh, so you'd already got a real feel for what you wanted yeah, to do. Yeah, um, And I was like, you push me into pastry because I'm a woman and I don't want to do oh. it. Um, so I left college, went to work for the Devere Group, hotel group so and was that a hard interview selection process not I guess, really no you've gone to the right place for yeah. college yeah. yeah so I started off in Kenilworth they used to have a hotel in Kenilworth um so I went there um for a couple of years and I did end up in pastry um the head chef at the time he was half German half English crazy crazy chef um very uh, it was a very traditional kitchen right uh, so there was a about... very german was it yeah he was very strict yes um so there was about 20 of us in the kitchen and i was one of two girls <gasps> wow yeah and what i mean what was that like um and how do they treat you? I mean, obviously, you grow up say very what you fast. want to say. Yeah. yeah, you grow up very fast. Because there was 18. no filter, I'm guessing. There they is just zero said... filter. Zero so... filter. So kitchens, um, hotel kitchens at that time, the conversations were basically cooking, football and sex. Yeah. And probably all quite graphic And as well. all very graphic. Wow, OK. Um, but, yeah, I mean, um, I did learn a lot. Uh, we used to do uh, the Royal Show um, in Stoneley. So that was quite an experience because we used to cater for the royal family. Wow. So um, it was like a week of basically zero sleep. Um, but we would be going shuttling all the lunch and afternoon teas and for Queen Mom and the <gasps> Queen and... Oh, my gosh. Plus, looking after the guests in the hotel, and we had uh, function facilities as well, so it was basically full-on. Yeah. Um, I did the Balf- the Ride Cup a few times at the Balfrey, because that was with the Devere Hotel. Um, so it was, in that sense, it was a great learning experience. But Absolutely. It was tough as a so woman. Remember, this is your first job, though, yeah. out of college. Yeah. You've gone straight in, haven't yeah. you? Yeah. You've not yeah. gone and worked at a little local restaurant or no. something. You've gone in. Yeah. So you obviously had, you know, you had ambitions for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I think when enough people say to you, you're a woman, you're never going to become a head chef. Um, it just yeah, yeah, gets my back up a yeah, little yeah. bit. And I'm like, don't tell me what I can do. Yeah. Um, okay, so how long were you with that? Uh So Divia, I was probably there around three years. Uh, and then I left and went um, a complete 360, went to the Lake District to a very small hotel um, um, just outside Ambleside. And I was only there around 18 months um, but was the head pastry chef. Wow, okay, so it was like a promotion. Yeah. And also beautiful location. Oh, it was stunning. Yeah. Um, so I did 18 months there, and then um, a chef that I'd actually worked with before at Devia had just been promoted to the head chef, 
and he came we kept in touch and he was like look I'm looking for a chef do you want to come back and I was by that stage looking for another job so I went back as junior sous chef so Kitchens work. I was going to say. Yeah, it's it's talk quite. Us through I this. talk about it, we all, and people honest, look at me. I know, and we all we all pretend we know what everyone's yeah. talking about. Do you know what I mean? Because no one really wants to admit they don't. You know, like yeah. we, we all want to know. So yeah, come on, layman's terms. Yeah. So um, the position of executive chef really came around about twenty years ago. Okay. Before that, it was head chef. Yeah. Sous chef, which is your number two. Yeah. Your junior sous. Right. Chef de parties. So yeah. chef de parties were in their own sections, appetizers, main course. Okay, so they were almost specialists. Yeah. yeah, and then the commies underneath. Okay. Um, so that's how kitchens wow. used okay. to be structured. So you'd gone back to be number two then? Uh, number three. Number so three. I, came, I went back as junior sir. Uh, I made my way up to sous chef. Right. Um, so I think I was the first... First and youngest female sous chef within the group. Wow. Uh, I was about 23, 24. Gosh, that is quite young. So yeah. that was quite young, yeah. Um, so really enjoyed working with my head chef at the time. Um, I learned a lot. Um, I came out of pastry and sort of moved around the kitchen a lot more to broaden my horizons. Um, so I was probably there about four years with him. And then um, opportunity came up in York. Right. Um, so when you say an opportunity came up, were you looking for an opportunity? I was looking. So normally, traditionally in chefs, um, especially when they're younger, it's like every two years and I was they move say... so they can carry on learning. Yeah, okay. Um, so an opportunity came up in York. I went for the interview. Um, you normally have to cook. You spend the day there. They normally put you up overnight. Um, yeah, um, they offered me the job, so I then moved to York. I was there for about three years. Um, um, so I worked my way up from totally out of pastry. I was out of pastry oh, by you'd this left stage. That. So you le- so left that behind. <laughs> um, uh, so I worked my way up to sous chef again. Yeah, uh, and this is like a three AA rosette hotel restaurant. Right. Um, so I did. Two and a half years there. Then I was just like, fancy a change again. Um, and I had a recruiter who worked for an agency. And I called him and I was just like, I'm looking for something Itchy different. Feet, yeah. Itchy feet, Time to look for something new. And so he said, oh, there's a position come up in the silly aisles. Ah. Uh, he said, do you fancy it? It's just the summer season because they don't open in the winter. Would you like to go? So I was like, yeah, 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 do a bit, did a bit of research. They offered me the job. So ended up going down to the Silly Isles and um, a chef tournant. So chef tournant is chef of every section. So oh, basically right. you cover everyone's days off. Right, okay, almost like a supply yeah, teacher. Yeah. Okay, oh, yeah, that's so quite I do, cool though, isn't I would it? do pastry, I would yeah. do veg, I would do... They had a bar and then they had the main restaurant. So, you know, you yeah. would just sort of work your way around the the kitchen every week, uh, which was great. Um, met Prince Charles for the third time, I think. Oh. And at the time, there is there was a magazine called The Hotel Keeper and Caterer. Oh. used to come out every week. 
and there was always jobs in there. And I was looking through one. I'd come home to Birmingham, because this is where I was from, and uh, I was looking through it, and I saw this job for Bermuda. <gasps> so I was like, I don't know whom I applied. Didn't think anything of it, and next thing I know. So how old are you at this point? Uh, so I'm around 26 at this so point. Still, still young. young. Yeah. Um, I get a phone call. The owners of the hotel are in London interviewing. Can I come down for an interview? Blah, blah, blah. So I go down to London. In my head, I thought it was a six-month contract. Right. Um, I go down to London, meet with the owners, have a chat with them, and they offered me the job, um, and they said, it's a two-year contract. Oh, right. So I was like, okay. And they were like, go home. Let us know within a week if you want the job because yeah. we've got to apply for work permits, etc. So how did it take you to decide? Uh, the next day. Yeah. I think I knew when they offered me the job. Yeah. I land in Bermuda. Yeah. Um, so the people that well, I'm working say, for... at this point, where's the furthest you'd been on, say, on holiday or something? Uh, so my pa- my parents, we used to go on holiday every year. So, you know, but Greece... Europe. So Europe. Europe. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. you're you're not in Kansas anymore, are no. you? No. <laughs> Amazing. So landing Bermuda, uh, and the people that interviewed me own three hotels on Bermuda, all Relay and Chateaus, which are very, um, very nice. They're not a chain. You have to reach certain levels to be invited to be a Relay and Chateau hotel. Right. Um, so well, of course, I mean, you obviously don't just work anywhere, do you? You've established that already. <laughs> yeah. I was the only girl. Ah. So my head chef at the time, Steve, was um, half German, half Canadian. Oh, another half German. Yes. And he did not want this woman in his kitchen at all. And were you his number two then? No. So I had just been employed as a chef de parter. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. But he did not want a woman in his kitchen. Oh, no. So there was about 10 or 15 of us in the kitchen. Um, so for the first three months um, during service, when we were on the hotline, I was doing um, meat and fish. Yeah. Right? So I was here cooking. The hot plate was here where you'd plate everything, which is where Steve would be. And then next to Steve was Brent, who was his sous chef, who was from the UK. Right. This chef didn't speak to me for three months. I worked alongside him for three. He would tell Brent that he what? needed oh. this food, and I was just like, and Get I was, yourself. I was quite disheartening at times. Mm. I mean, the rest of the team was great. I got on well with everybody. Um, yeah, but you are just like the other side of the world. Yeah, completely new setup. Yeah. Don't really know what you're doing, and you've basically got oh, yeah. So nice, after after three months, he took me into his office and he basically said to me, you know what you're doing. Oh, okay. So he then liked me and he would talk to me. Oh my gosh, okay. <laughs> it was like this. It almost, so you, no one else did, but you had to really earn yeah, your stripes. Yeah, so I did two and a half, almost three years in Bermuda. Oh, so stayed a bit longer. Yeah. So I randomly get this phone call one day at work. Um, from a chef called Daniel and he was just like someone's recommended you 
I don't know who did this. Ooh. To this day, I still don't know who Ooh. did this. He says, somebody's recommended you to us. Um, we are a hotel in the British Virgin Islands, and we are looking to go to Relay and Chateau. Um, but I need, I need some more help. Right. Um, would you be interested in another position as sous chef? Yeah. So I was like, yeah, possibly. Had no idea where the British Virgin Islands was. Okay, so back down the library. So by this point, you probably said only, what, are you even 30 now? Uh, 29, 30? 28, 29, yeah. Um, so back down the library, get so some more So trying to figure out where the BVI was, and he was like, listen, we're going to fly you down so you can have a look. It can be quite remote. And then I met with Daniel and, and the team and... You know, he took time out to show me around the islands. Wow. And he so was almost like, wasn't really an interview. No. In many ways, the job no. was yours. Yes. you come so highly recommended. Yeah. Exchange contracts. I flew back to the UK, waited for my work permit, um, and then whizzed off to the BVI once it was approved. <gasps> and I was in... Virgin Gorda, so Virgin Gorda is the second island in the BVI. Um, so it's called Virgin Gorda because apparently it looks like a fat virgin. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, we did get Relay and Chateau status. Um, I How was, long were you there for? Um, so I was there eight months before we got the, the status though, no so I was there eight months I actually worked there for seven years though it was a different way of life totally different and way who of were life. the people that were staying there then what were they um a lot of Americans um some English um the area that we lived in which was called the North Sound um so you had Necker Island there right so Branson's Island yeah. you've got um Eustacia which is owned by uh, one of the guys from Google, right. which is next door. Um, Bitter End, which was like a yacht club. Um, so very exclusive. Yeah, yeah. Um, very high end. Yeah. All the mega yachts used to come in. Yeah. You know, you you would go and have lunch somewhere, some little cafe thing, and Mariah Carey would be on the Just next casually. Yeah, you know. Um, but everyone was very extremely laid back. Wow. Extremely laid back. Um, I always remember, because um, uh, I, I met my long-term partner there, and he said to me, oh, I want to introduce you to somebody. And we went for a drink, and it was Morgan Freeman. Stop it. No. So he had a house on Virgin Border. <gasps> And he had just oh cut, he had just won an Oscar for something, and um, so I met him. And I'm normally very calm. Calm. Well, but you've I met, remember you've been hanging out with Prince Charles for crying <laughs> I out loud. Remember meeting him and shaking his hand. But it's his voice. And then I went to the bathroom, and I was like literally jumping up and down in the bathroom. Oh my god, I'm meeting Morgan Freeman. I know, but he's got a presence yeah, that you can just yeah, tell in his yeah, voice. It's yeah. like iconic, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, lovely guy. Um, but it? you would see him walking around the island, you'd stop wow. and sort of say, do you want a lift? And he'd be like, no, I'm good, I'm good. Um, 
So it was just a different world. It yeah. really was. Um, so what was your contract then? Did they make you sign for two years as well? No, so that was an, a rolling yearly contract. Okay. Um, uh, so Neil came in as the chef and Louise came in as um, F&B. Yeah. Um, and yeah, uh, we just we just clicked. Yeah. Um, Neil and I got on really well together. So how long had you been there at the point? Uh, about five years. Okay, so you knew there. it. So, you were so like... I knew the area. Yeah. I had friends there. Um, you know, we would we would all go out as a group. Um, and, you know, it was just a really good time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So then... So Neil and Louise were there two years. And then, obviously, Neil then got a job in Barbados. Yeah. And then we decided to take this job in Barbados. And I think they'd been there about three months. And Neil called me and said, I need a pastry chef. Are you interested? So I said, possibly. By this stage, I'd been at Byra's, which was the hotel I was working at for seven years. And so I was like, "Mm, it might be good. Another relay in Chateau. And he was just like, you know, you would not just be the only pastry chef. You'll have two other people working with you. And the idea is for you to train them. Okay. And hopefully one of them will step up. And when you leave, they'll become pastry chef. Oh, so you'll have staff. Yeah, I'd have staff. Enjoy Barbados as much as I thought I would, which would probably cause uproar to everyone that goes to Barbados on holiday. Um, I just found it a bit too overdeveloped. Right, okay. I've never uh, been. So. Yeah, so. But you've just come from the BVI. Yeah, which so, is, yeah. you know, empty beaches and deserted yeah. islands. So we were, we lived on what was called the Platinum Coast. So you've got Sandy Lane. Um, the cliff restaurant yeah but you could drive this road this this coast road for like four or five miles and not see the sea because there was oh right okay "Mm." yes not not quite yeah yeah i mean it was it was don't get me wrong i did not enjoy it i just it was a different island yeah and i was just like not every island's for everybody obviously um so I left and I thought, well, you know, something... My partner was still back in the BVI and he called me and he was just like, there's a private island called Peter Island and they're looking for an executive sous chef. Ah. He said, would you be interested? He said, do you want to apply for the position? So I was like, oh, maybe, maybe. Um, So I got hold of somebody that knew somebody... And I ended up speaking to the chef, who was named Michael. And Gosh, you remember all the names, don't you? <laughs> yeah. So then they flew me back to the BVI to look at Peter Island, because I'd never been there. Right. Um, so Peter Island is owned by an American family. So they basically offered me the job, and I, I had said yes you, yeah. before I got on the ferry to go back to Barbados. Wow. Um, and then we got to the August 
in the September, I was taking the month off because my best friend was getting married. I was a maid of honour. My parents' 50th wedding anniversary. Aww. So I was just, I was like, I'm going, I'm taking the month off. Yeah. It was always really quiet anyway because it's like a hurricane season. Yeah. And so I, before I left, they said to me, we want to offer you the job as head chef or executive wow. chef. So I ended up taking the job. Um, and then I flew back and I had a conversation with the GM at the time and I went, listen, you're employing me as the executive chef. Yeah. As long as the, cause the clients are happy, the owners are happy, um, the budget's in line. Because yeah. there's so many different hats to being a head say. chef. Um, the budgets are in line, the yeah. labour costs are in line. Just leave me alone. Yeah. As long as we keep pushing forward every yeah. year, yeah. then I'll stay and I'll be happy. So he was like, okay, that's fine. And, um, yeah, I put my own stamp on the place. We changed a lot of things. I created the chef's garden. Uh, I was very passionate about using local produce. Oh. Um, so I used to work with the local farmers and the fishermen from there. Wow. But the amount of PR that they got from this, the journalists would fly in. Because it was say. just like... Yeah. And then we used to work with the, the local farmers on the main island. So we'd take the so guests over there. you were doing all there. of this naturally. Yeah. Which, let's face it, is full, like you say, marketing PR spec now, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. But you were just doing it naturally. Because for me, it was... I was trying to teach the local team, you know, oh. this is what fresh cherry tomatoes yes. taste like. This is what purple basil tastes like. This is what Thai basil tastes like. This is what, wow. you know... Um, so for me, it was it was time to give back because I was always the only expat in the kitchen normally. Right, so I was always just like, why are the local team being so overlooked? Yeah. Um, wow. So this was for me to give back to them. And, you know, Peter Island did some very exclusive weddings, buyouts of the entire island, um, people flying into Falcon's Nest. We could make the island a no-fly zone. Wow. Uh, if somebody was flying in VIP. Yeah. Um so, you know, I, I've i done a lot of stuff at Peter Island in the seven years I was the exec chef. I was going to say, so how long were you yeah, there Yeah, seven for? years. So I wasn't sure you were going to go, oh, yeah, I gave it 12 months. No, but... I came back to the UK. I even bought an apartment thinking I was going to move back. Oh, right, OK. Yeah, I thought I was done with the Caribbean. I was very disillusioned at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I felt, not bitter, I just felt beaten up. Yeah, and I was just I didn't That's even the know the price it. of getting to that level. Yeah, though, and I didn't I even know if I loved cooking anymore. Oh right, and and being a chef is you've got to love your yeah, job. Yeah. I mean, you it's stressful. it's your whole life. Yeah, you know, it's fifteen hours at work every day. It's phone calls on your day off, um, and I do. And I've always said the day I don't love what I do is the day I go and do something totally different. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I came back to the UK, I took a, c- a couple of months off, I did a bit of travelling in Europe, ate some great food. Yeah. You know, just looked after myself, yeah. fell back in love well with done. cooking. Yeah. Um, and 
um, yeah, I thought, well, this is it. I'm going to stay in England. And then the next thing I know, I get a phone call. Um, this is such and such a hotel in Antigua. We're looking for an executive chef. Are you interested? Wow. I was just like... Uh, so I knew this hotel, um, five star, but they'd had issues. They'd gone through a lot of chefs. Okay. Like a chef every year, which right, is okay. a so, massive red flag. Yeah. And I was like, something's wrong somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I didn't go to Antigua uh, because they were actually closed for a refurbishment. I met um, the GM in London right. and he was new as well. Okay. Um, and had a conversation with him and we got on pretty well. Okay. And so there was a lot of backwards and forwards. I didn't jump at the chance cause I was just like, do I really want to do this? Yeah. Do I want to move back to the Caribbean again? Um, and so in the end I was just like, no, it's a challenge. If I can turn this yeah, place around, say. There's got to be something wrong somewhere. This is why the chefs aren't staying. So I ended up going. I flew down um, the end of September and I met with the team. I worked with them and I was just like, listen, I'm here to develop you. This isn't my home. I'll leave eventually. If one of you take my job, then I've done my job. Yeah. In my eyes, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I will, if you want to learn, I'll teach you. Uh, You know, so I got to that stage in life where it was time for me to give back. Yeah. Um, Again, we put in our own chef's garden. Yeah. uh, Which was great. But it also meant that if I needed some alone time with a certain chef, instead of them being taken into the office and everyone's thinking, he's getting a Yeah. I was just like, you know, let's go in the garden and pick some herbs for service tonight. And, you know, I could have a chat with them and find out what was going on in their head. Um, Work with the local fishermen, work with the local farmers again, um, just to, you know, this is where we source our food from. Yeah. You know, you can see the boat coming in and that's your red snapper for dinner tonight coming in. yeah. Um, so we did turn it around again. We did some a lot of private events, island um, hotel buyouts. Buyouts, yeah. Um, some of it was crazy. We did a wedding once, um, a fantastic wedding, but they bought the resort out for four days. He was from India, right? She was from Mexico. Oh, wow, yeah. Um, so the they had two weddings, the traditional Indian wow. wedding and the and then the traditional church service. And you had to cater for all of them. Yeah. So they'd flown in their family and friends and they partied. Man did they party. So I did two years, I had a two year contract and I was happy to stay. Um but the negotiations didn't go very well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and during these negotiations, um I had a recruiter that was looking just casually. Casually. Just casually. And he called me and he said, There's a new hotel being built in San Pedro in Belize and they're looking for a chef. And I was like, I've never opened a new hotel. Yeah. 
oh, this is something that I really want to do. Yeah. Um, and they were like, what well, perfect timing then? Um, will you fly down and have a look? Yeah, obvs, obvs. Uh, so I flew over, I had a look, um, and I was just like, loved the concept. Um, again, it was all very much... Um, the buildings there were made from the local Belizean woods. Yeah. We launched it, we got it up and running, but I did find it really hard um, because we were opening this luxury resort and Belize is very much a beautiful country, yeah. but very much... There's, it's not third world, but uh, the yes. standard of living is extremely low. Yeah, yeah. Extremely low. And yeah. yes, the owner, who was a woman, um, she used to, we used to cook for, you know, maybe 300 people every month. Yeah. And, and feed these people because they just couldn't afford food. Right. Um, so we would do that on a continuous basis. Oh. She supported the local domestic violence shelter. Because woman. Yeah. Um, so she was pretty amazing. Um, but I did, mentally, I found it really hard yeah. for this local, just outside the gates of the resort. Oh, yes. It was just, it lot, was really it? hard. Yeah. Um, so I did a year. I got the resort up and running. I got it open. Um, I got the team in place for her. Yeah. And then I decided it's time. Yeah. I I didn't want to do it anymore. Yeah. Um and then a previous manager that I'd worked with before uh, had been talking to me a little bit. Uh, and he was actually in Antigua as well, but a different resort. Okay. And he was just like, I need a chef, Lisa. Okay. I'm in the right mess here. Yeah. I need a chef. Are you interested? And I was just like, okay, let me come and have a look oh before I agree gosh. to anything. Yeah, yeah. And I had already resigned from um, my job in okay. Belize. So I flew to Antigua before flying back to the UK um, and had a look at the resort. Again, all the resorts that I've worked at have been privately owned. I've never yeah. really worked for a chain. Yes. Um, so I like that, that you you know the owners. Yeah. So I did two years. Um, obviously, COVID hit while all yeah, this was, I was going on. Yeah, I was wondering. Yeah. So, uh, COVID hit. We closed in the April. So we totally shut down. The airport shut. Yeah. Uh, the um, hotel basically. The owners basically said to us, you know you're going to have to go on to reduce salary, yeah. which is fair enough. The end of July, they laid me off. Right. Um, but they asked me to basically come back when they reopened. Yeah. Um, and I said, that's fine. Yeah. Um, I said, I just want to come back and see my family. Yeah. I was only home for about six weeks, eight weeks. <coughs> and then they were like, we're opening the beginning of October. Oh, for crying out loud. That was like a ton of it then, wasn't it? I'm grab my water. Uh, so I flew back. Uh, Gosh, then... I guess equally, in fairness to them, it was such weird times, oh, it was wasn't it? Put the team back together and then we basically reopened thinking, well, we don't know what it's going to be like. In two weeks, we were full. Really? Oh, God, everyone well, wanted to travel. I was wondering if you were going to say that it didn't really pick back up it again. It did. Everybody wanted to travel. 
Wow. Full. Two weeks. Because certainly in the UK, that almost for the next year, it was a little bit odd, I think. I don't think the hospitality industry really yeah. took a real d- mm. dip, didn't it? They but, did. It did. But not out there. Yeah, so... And then, of course, <clears throat> we got through... We were going into Christmas, uh, full, and um, unfortunately on Christmas Eve I got the news that my mum had been diagnosed with cancer. Oh, gosh. Um, so gosh. we got through Christmas and then we went into the second wave. Yeah, yeah. So then we went back into another lockdown. Yeah. I'd already spoken to the owners and go, and said to them, listen, I need to go home. Yeah. My mum's got to have major surgery. I want to be home and support my parents. Um, so I said, luckily we went into this lockdown. I was going to say, it's kind of good time. Yeah, uh, we had some, um, UK guests that just basically lived in the hotel during that lockdown. Right. They could afford to do that yeah. and work remotely. So I had a skeleton crew just look after okay. them. Okay, yeah, yeah. I flew home and then I was home and then I flew back in the end of March for Easter, um... And I was back for about two months. My mum was on the road to recovery, but she'd had major surgery. Um, And uh, I was just like, mentally I wasn't in a good place because I was constantly worrying about that. Well, it's sort of everything that's going on with your mum, your family. Yeah. Plus a weird old, like, COVID year. Yeah. I think the owners knew it was coming. So this is now, what, sort of almost uh, so like summer this, 2021? Yeah. Yeah. So I said to them, you know, I need to go home. Um, and they were like, we totally understand. Oh. I said, I will do whatever I can to make the transition easier. And then, yeah, took Christmas off for the first time since I was 17. I was going to say. <laughs> that just felt really weird. It did. I'm so used to like how many turkeys do I need to order? How yeah, many this and that? Yeah. And that. Um, You're just like twiddling your thumbs. Yeah, so it was great. Took Christmas off in New Year and then I started temping in the February of 22 in the UK. Yeah. Joined an agency and I went, just t- throw me anywhere you want me yeah, to. Yeah. I just want to see what's going on. You very much roll with it, don't you? Yeah, I said, I want to see what hospitality is like in the UK yeah. now. And I was just like, it hasn't changed. There's not enough staff. Yeah. Uh, We've now got a massive staff problem, actually. You say it's not enough staff. It's gone worse worse Um, since COVID. So I was just like, I don't think I want to work in a hotel again. Yeah. I want a normal life. Yeah. Um, Well, give it a go. So uh, I saw this job advertised uh, for what is an operations support manager. So... It's contract catering, uh, but again, it's a private um, group. It's not a group. It's owned by owners. Yes. And you know them. I go to different sites, so I'm not stuck in one place. Yeah, okay. You know, I may be in Cheltenham this week, I may be in Nottingham next week. Oh, wow. You know, but they're like good offices, you may have yeah. an executive suite that you're dealing with where it's all very plated and Michelin star food. Yeah. But I I enjoy it and I'm yeah. still developing a team. I'm still helping people develop yeah. themselves. Yeah. I like 
going to work in the morning and coming home at four o'clock and again you something you've never the, done having the weekends off yeah I do occasionally so you're actually just enjoying I'm doing enjoying life less you're enjoying yeah. just a bit of less I'm in a new relationship so Aww. I spend time with him um you know and, and I'm guessing and, relationships and chefing are not... Oh, relationships, chefing and being a woman do not go hand Do not go, hand. no. I, 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 could, I think we could all... Anyone, everyone listening to this <laughs> yes. would agree. Yeah, but... Um, yeah, it's... I don't know what's going to happen. I love that for you, though. I think that's great. Because equally, I know something is going to happen. Yeah. It just always does for you, doesn't it? I mean, literally, I've known you for all of what it is, like an hour and a half. Quite clearly, something is going to happen, and... You'll probably go with it when it does. Yeah. Because that's what you do. Yeah. Okay, let me get some few a few of my structured questions okay. in. Okay. Which are things people were gonna to want to know. So like with chefing then and definitely the type of work that you've done. Yeah. What's best bit, worst bit? So like generally Surely the locations have got to be the best part. Locations and developing your team, I think. The worst worst bit... uh, I tell you what the worst bit is, is dealing with the unions and the government. Okay. Um, So that was just a nightmare and I was forever getting told off. Because I I can be very... I'm just going to say what I feel like saying. So my two final questions then uh-huh. are always, what advice would you give your younger self? So it could be any version of your younger self. could be that quiet girl at school. It could be, you know, that first job you got. What advice would you give to your younger self? Oh, I think it would be to be more open-minded about ah, things. Okay. Just so, be open to new opportunities. But and you do you not think you were? No, not when I was younger. Ah, okay. Because yeah. you were quite shy and quite yeah, wary, yeah. and yeah, and I was very much um, a homebody, I suppose. Yeah. I, I, yeah. yeah, that's not how your life has gone. <laughs> no, it's gone completely, it's gone completely the other way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think just be open to to new... Just be open-minded to yeah. new things. Because literally, in your case, you have no idea what's coming. No, no. Okay, then a bigger question of that then is then, what advice, or is there any advice that you would as you now, you would throw out into the world. Could be for other women, could be for anybody. But advice, as you now, everything you know, what would you throw out to the world? Could be a mantra, could be... Be kind. There's always somebody that's struggling and you don't know what's going on. Yeah. Take that time to smile at somebody. You may make their day. Great advice. I know. Always treat somebody how you'd want them to be treated. It's a great bit of advice. I think that motorbike agrees. I hope so. <laughs> oh, on that note, I'm going to say thank you very much, Lisa. Oh, it's been fun. If you would like to hear more about this chat, see some pics, and read about how to get started in this industry and/or this role 
then please go to our website www.thiswomanswork.org The link is on this podcast page and across our socials. Sincere thanks. <laughs>